So this week's parsha is Parshas Vayakel. And Parshas Vayakel describes the way the uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu selected the craftsmen to build the Mishkan, B'Tzalel, and others, Aliyah, people that were uh, Nisal Libam, that their hearts were given over to this Avaida, and they generously donated all of their skill sets and all of their talents and their abilities in order to build the Mishkan Hashem. And at the end, after all of the materials were gathered uh, and everything was ready to begin the building process, so the Pasuk says in Perak Lamidvav, Pasuk Yemol, Vayichu milufne Meshe es kol hatruma shahevu bene Yisraelim lachasavidis hakaidish la saisaisa. That they took the entire gifts that Klai Yisrael had brought, all of the Nadavis were brought before Meshe Rabbeinu. This is what we're going to talk about this morning. This, these mysterious words at the end of this Pasuk. But they continued to bring him free-willed gifts morning after morning. That's the simple shot in the Pasuk. That in addition to all that was brought, they kept on bringing more gifts and more gifts until finally Akadosh Baruch Hu, uh, uh, told, or Moshe Rabbeinu rather, said, it's enough, we can't take any more. It's uh, very rare to have an appeal that you get more money than you actually need. But Kal Yisrael was so generous that they went into the bonus round, they continued giving beyond what, uh, what they were expected to give. Every single morning, they continue to give more and more. That's the simple pshat of this pasuk. Now we're going to get to a gain, a gain the Vilna Gain pshat in this pasuk. I wanted to just say maybe a, a different pshat before we get to the Gain, uh, and that is as follows. What does this mean? They, they brought Eid Nedava, an additional Nedava, and also, what does it mean that they specifically brought it by Baker by Baker? So what I was thinking is that there was one thing that was brought more than what was actually asked to be brought. Meaning everything else was exactly cuts of the amount of gold that was necessary for all the Mishka, all the Mishkan's Kalim, and the silver, and the Tchelis Nergam, and those sort of had a finite shear of what was expected to be brought, and Klai Yisrael brought that. There is something additional that was not expected, that was not asked, but it was brought anyway. And what was that? So we're going to read uh, in Paraklam in, in Pasuchas that the women donated something extra of their own to the Mishkan, and that was the Maris Hatsaivais. They, they donated their personal mirrors. They had certain copper, shiny copper mirrors that women, you know, like to look nice. And they, uh, so they all had already from their days in Mitzrayim, they had a, uh, a mirror. And with that mirror, Rashi says, they would comb their hair and they would make up their face and they would look good. And they wanted desperately to give something extra to the Mishkan. So they all donated to Meshra Abenu their personal mirrors. This is already done to make themselves attractive to their husbands in Mitzrayim wasn't a brand new mirror that they just got. This is already by them from Mitzrayim. And Meshur Abenu was reluctant to accept it from them even because he felt that maybe there's like a Shlikal Yitzhahara involved. They tried to make themselves nice to attract their husbands. Maybe it doesn't really have a place in the Mishkan. HaKadosh Baruch Hu assured him that it's a beautiful Nidava that we really want. This is good. And what they did was they added it to the Kiar. The Kiar, which is the the kli in the, in the Mishkan that the kaihanim used to wash their hands and their feet, um, that basin, that kiar, was one that was uh, comprised on the outside of these mirrors. And that, was, uh, that became part of the kliyam Mishkan. That was the thing that was oid, that was an oid nedava, that wasn't expected. That wasn't even part of the original plan, but it was an addendum, it was added on to the Mleches HaMishkan. So perhaps that's what the Pasuk is alluding to, that when they brought 
all of these things before Mesha, they, they also brought the Eid. What was the Eid? These mirrors. That was the extra. So what does it mean, Babaykar, Babaykar? What does that mean? So I found a, uh, an Evan Ezra over there in, in, by Maris Hatzaybeis. Listen to what the Evan Ezra says. Ki mishpat the way that women do things is they try to beautify themselves. Every single morning, says Ibn Ezra, women look in a mirror, a mirror made of uh, copper or glass, to beautify their you know, their, their, their faces, their hair, their, uh, and, and that's what they dedicated to the Mishkan. So the Ibn Ezra is saying that every morning is when a woman looks in the mirror. That's when they make themselves uh, nice looking. So perhaps what the Pasuk is saying is that it's a Shevach to the Nashim. There was an extra Nedava. What was the extra Nedava? Babaker, Babaker, it wasn't a one-time thing. Okay, the women are giving their mirrors and that was it. This nidava that was being given by the women to the Mishkan was like a, a gift that kept on giving. Every single morning, they felt the fact that they gave a nidava to the Mishkan because whenever they needed to look in them, at themselves in the mirror, they realized, oh my gosh, I don't have a mirror. Why? Because I gave it to the Mishkan. They were happy about that. They sacrificed their their instruments of beauty for the Mishkan. And so it was a nidava that was given, an extra nidava, an oid, babaykar, babaykar. It, it, it was an eternal nidava, it was a perpetual nidava, it was a nidava of every single morning. Whenever they felt that they were missing it, that's when they said, ah, I'm giving it again to the Mishkan, we're giving it again to the Mishkan. Because when you want something, and you need something, and then you realize, but I gave it away... That's something that, you know, every time you give it away, you, uh, you feel it and you, uh, you, it's like another sacrifice for, for the Rabbi Nisham. But now let's get to the pshat of the Gain in this Pasuk. He says an amazing pshat. And he says that this Pasuk is, going, is describing the craftsmen, those people who dedicated their skills, their talents, their time, to the Abedes HaMishkan, B'Tzawel was a brilliant, uh, besides for being uh, amazing in Kabbalah, which he needed to do in order, as Chazal say, to be mitztarif, the Isis, those letters that were needed to create Shemayim Baritz were used by B'Tzawel in the making of the Mishkan. He was 13 years old, according to Chazal. Amazing. A 13-year-old Bar Mitzvah able to know so much about Kabbalah and know how to make gold and silver and copper and, and needlepoint and tapestries. All of that was, was part of B'Tzal and his team. All of his team was also equally able to, uh, to give up, to use all of their innate kaychas, hanefesh, their talents and their skills, which was not trained, like the Ramban says, they never went to any school for this, they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, have any college or, or master's programs in, uh, in artisanship, they just were nisam libam, they lifted their hearts and they, they found it within them to attain all of the skills necessary because HaKadosh Baruch Hu filled them with chachma, with bina, with das. So these Craftsmen were the ones, says the Gra, that were the Pasig is descri- describing. Because craftsmen, artists, if you know anything about artists, they, they operate on a different level, on a different, a different daily schedule than you and I. People that are, if I would like describe to you what a regular artist is, he's a guy that like lives in a in a loft, like somewhere in the city, and he's uh, he spends his uh, his nights like painting or creating music or uh, making sculptures, and then goes to sleep. When does he wake up? He doesn't. He, he wakes up whenever his body you know wakes up. It could be at you know twelve o'clock in the afternoon, one o'clock in the afternoon, whenever it is that he's ready. And then he goes and he starts doing his artist. Well, he's not operating on a artist. Don't like go to nine to five at, like with a you know punching a time clock every day and uh, having to be at work and taking a train. They live in their own universe. 
Chazal really say this at the time that Umnim and uh, and Payalim wake up is B'Shah Shvis. They wake up much later in the day, generally speaking. But these craftsmen, these holy artisans, these artists that created the Mishkan, that were busy toiling in all of the, the necessary Avedas that were needed to create this glorious tabernacle in the Midbar, they brought an additional Nadava to the Mishkan, besides for all of their talents. You know what the Nadava that those artists, that those craftsmen brought? Babaiker, Babaiker. They brought and they dedicated and they devoted their mornings to the Mishkan. They were not expected to wake up at the crack of dawn to start their malacha. Nobody would expect that of them. That's not normally the way they, that, that, they don't roll that way. They have a different time zone. They live in a different world, in a different universe. They, they wake up much later. They go to sleep much later. They're not regular people. But here, these people, these special craftsmen, these special baliyavayda, they brought an additional nadav besides for all the other things that they brought. And that was Babaiker Babaiker, that when they were making this Mishkan Hashem, they brought the mornings to the Rabbi Nisham. They dedicated their mornings. Instead of staying in bed and sleeping away the mornings, even though they might be entitled to them, they might feel that it's part of what they do. That's who they are. But they were different. They gave their mornings. They understood implicitly that we have to wake up early to do our Avedis Hashem, to give HaKadosh Baruch Hu the best, not only of our creativity and our craftsmanship, but also the best time of day. The morning is the most beautiful time of day, and we get up and we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu then. That's giving away the greatest thing that we have, and that's our time, that's our mornings, that's the time that we would love naturally to stay in bed and to just sleep and get more creativity and more rest and be able perhaps to justify it in whatever way they would. But they said, no, 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 we're going to give our nidava a babayker babayker. The mornings is what we're going to give to the Rabbi Nishalem as well. That's the Vilna Gain's pshat in this Pasuk. And... And I think that this pshat is not just a pshat that speaks to the, the craftsmen of the Mishkan, but it speaks to all Avde Hashem. If we consider ourselves Avde Hashem, and we do, we all sing Ano Avde Dekut we are the Avadim of Hashem, we are the, the, the workers of Hashem, we're on the, on the team of Hashem, we serve Hashem, all of these Lashainas can note that we have to try to give our best service to Hashem. Now, there are different types of people that work. There are, are people that work and they're really amazing workers. And then there are people that work and they're not so amazing. They're, they're pretty schlocky. Uh, you know, we, I've had experience w- when you buy a house, so a lot of times you have to... Um, you know, you have to deal, not every house comes, you know, perfectly made to order exactly as you want. Uh, so you have, to do, you have to do repair in your house when you buy it or, or as time goes on. Um, you have to, you know, decorate certain rooms, paint certain rooms, uh, uh, scrape some floors, do some uh, whatever. And you find over time that there are certain people that really are amazing, that they come... They come on time, they do their job, they paint well, and they, they take pride in what they do. And then there are people that you see that they don't really want to do this. They just want to get paid. They want to do their job and be done with it. They want to move on to the next job. And they just basically cut corners and do everything schlocky, as you would say. I remember there was one guy that we had that when we were uh, doing some work, we, we wanted to wallpaper a bathroom. So... All right. My wife went to Brooklyn. You have to go to spe- special stores in Brooklyn, or, or uh, that you know, and you get like very you know, you can you can pay a lot of money for wallpaper. You do it the normal way and go to like Home Depot and get like the regular wallpaper, which maybe costs I don't know, a couple of dollars a square foot, or you can go to to pay the Jew tax. You go to like a special specialty store that Jewish people go to, and there you'll pay like twenty dollars a square foot. And that's more chashuv. So. My wife 
you know, went and, you know, she was referred to a certain place, you have to go to here, and she got very spitz wallpaper. It was like a white wallpaper, and it was like really, really upscale, like very fancy, whatever makes it fancy, I don't know, but it was fancy wallpaper, and Baruch Hashem wasn't for a big room, it was for a small bathroom, but, so I gave it to the, um, to this, this, uh, this contractor to put up, and then uh, I thought it was self-explanatory, and uh, it was like very, very expensive. Like uh, even though it was a small room, it was like a crazy amount of money. I gave it to him. He said, "Okay, no problem. He's going to take care of it." So I went off to yeshiva. I thought I could trust him to do a normal job, and um, and I come back, uh, you know, later in the day, and I come into the bathroom expecting to see it done properly, and it looks really weird. It was like anyway. It turns out that he put the wallpaper on backwards. So instead of the, uh, the, the fancy part of it being, uh, you know, exposed to the, you know, to the human eye, he glued, like with this, like, in, you know, like really strong glue, the fancy part, that was the part that got glued to the wall, and you got to see, like, the, the porous part, you know, the part that's supposed to be glued onto the wall. I said, you know, I tried to really maintain myself, but uh, I said... Don't you know that that's the side that's the wallpaper that gets to the wall? He says, really? I, I thought it was the other side. And like, you know, obviously, you know, and then it, but it just was like a comedy of errors. Like everything he touched was schlock. Every single thing, you know, and I didn't want to fire him. I don't like firing people. So uh, I'm always afraid of getting fired myself. So I, I try to like, uh, you know, not fire people. So, but anyway, one thing after another was schlock after schlock after schlock. And we have to ask ourselves if we were being raided by you know, an, an our worship of Hashem, if we're if we're those contractors, as it were, in Hashem's house, so how would Hashem look at us? Would he look at us as like really, you know, fine workmanship, contractors, we come on time, we leave on time, when we say we're doing a job, we do it, and we put our all into it, and we, we know which side of the, uh, of the wallpaper should go to the wall and which side of the wallpaper should not. And we know how to, how to you know, do a floor properly and how to do a ceiling properly, how to paint properly. Is that how we are? Or would HaKadosh Baruch Hu say, you know, these guys, if they're mayavadim, all right, but like, they're schlocks. They're not doing, everything they do is schlocky. They don't, you know, they don't put their all into anything. When they're davening to me, it's not really a davening. When they're learning, they're not really learning. When they're putting on tefillin, it's not really putting on tefillin. Are we doing our Avaida well? Or are we doing our Avaida like really with subpar workmanship? That's always a question that haunts me. Like, what type of Evid am I? You know that there are certain people that are perfect avodim lechavitz chayim and ervsteinim and ervbadl chayim ervchayim kanievsky. You know the gedolei Israel are everything they do is perfect. That's what all the books and biographies are about them. You know everything they did was perfect. Every every their starim were always perfect and their and their mitzvahs were always perfect. Their shabbos was perfect. Their yantiv was perfect. Everything was perfect. But how is our avodas Hashem? Honestly, what is? What, what would HaKadosh Baruch Hu rate us as if we were being rated on, uh, on one of these rating things? Like, how would we rate? How many stars would we get? So that's an open question that we have to ask ourselves, and we have to work on that, as, as we have to work on everything, and that's a good thing. Baruch Hashem, uh, you're young, and you have plenty of time to, uh, to improve, and, you have, uh, and, 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 and that's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to grow with time and no one expects us to be perfect, but we have to try to improve ourselves day by day. But one thing that really shows our attempt at being good avadim, that we want to be good avadim. Now, maybe throughout the day, we're not going to be perfect in everything we do. Maybe our, our kiyam mitzvahs and our shmiras, our shmir from averis is not always where it should be, but at least in terms of showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we want to be your Avadim. The best way to do that is by waking up in the morning. By waking up in the morning, we show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that at least our intentions are, we want to be those Pailim of Hashem that are, are good and honest and early wakers, because this is how we show that we intend to have a great day in Avaidas Hashem. We're waking up. We're not waking up 
you know, it used to be a commercial when I was a kid. Um, it was a song uh, by, I think it was Folger's Coffee. And uh, the commercial went, I'm not going to sing it, but the best part of waking up is Folger's in your cup. That was, the, that was the commercial. And, of course, it shows people waking up in the morning and, like, going to their coffee maker and getting a Folgers. That's, you know, that's the, the way that, uh, you know, uh, somebody that's not an Ebed Hashem wakes up. You wake up whenever, especially, let's say, if it's on a Sunday or a Shabbos or whatever it is when you're off from work. So you wake up whenever your body tells you to wake up, and then you go, you get yourself a Sunday Times, let's say, and you read it in bed with breakfast in bed, and, you know, the whole, that's the way a guy wakes up. That's the way uh, somebody that's not an Eved Hashem wakes up. A Yid dedicates Eid Nedava. His Nedava is a daily Nedava, and that's Babaykar Babaykar. The very first thing that we do when we wake up, we say, Maidani Lefanecha, and we give HaKadosh Baruch Hu the best part of the day. The best part of the day is not folders in your cup. It's the fact that you're giving the best part of your day, which is the morning, to the Rabbeinu Shalom. And when you do that and you show HaKadosh Baruch I'm washing Nagel I'm saying Maidani, I'm getting up, I'm going to davening, I'm going to adaf, I'm going to learn, that shows that you're the best part of the day, the rishis, the bikurim of your day, is given and fully devoted to the Rabbeinu Shalom. And when a person does that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets tremendous nachas ruach from that. And it shows at least our intention that we want to give HaKadosh Baruch Hu that nedava, and we want to continue throughout the day giving HaKadosh Baruch Hu more and more nachas. But if we wake up late, and we miss davening, and we hit the snooze button a hundred times, you know, and then we just totally stop the snooze button, and we, and we you know, and we say, all right, listen, you know, I'm tired, and we, and, and we, we give ourselves a pass, then... We know what the rest of the day looks like. If you miss davening, and then you, you know, you daven either by the kaisel or you daven, you know, by a minion but later, and then you roll into seder late, and, you know, the whole day is schlock. You start the day schlock, the whole day is schlock. But if you start your day, you know, really getting up and with energy and with zeal, and you, you give it to the rabbi Shalom as he wants it, now you have a fighting chance of having that Momentum, that energy really spilling into every single crack and crevice throughout your whole day until late at night. You'll have a different day. You know, we just started um, Dirshu. My son actually talked me into it that, you know, there's a new cycle. It's a six year cycle of, uh, of learning Mishnah Burats. It's called Dafyaimi Bahalacha. And, you know, we, there's so many of these Yaimi uh, initiatives lately, you know, with Dafyaimi now, there's Mishnah Yaimi, but, and they're all great. It's all a great way to, you know, get through, you know, Shas, get through Mishnayis in a very painless way. You just, like, learn a little bit every day, and, uh, and, and, and it's amazing. So, Dirshu, you know, the people that brought us, you know, this. Uh, uh, Dirshu and Dafyaimi, like people learn, they take tests and then, uh, you know, monthly tests and, 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 and half a year tests, yearly tests. Uh, they're creating real Tomidechacham in Klai Yisrael by the thousands. You know, you see these siyumim and these, these tests all over the world. People, if they get a certain mark on the test, they get a, you know, a nice stipend and, uh, people really rely on that money even to, uh, to live and, uh, you know, Rabbi David Hofstetter, who it's his brainchild, he's, uh, I'm uh, I'm like he mamish changed. He made a revolution in Klal Yisrael. It's an amazing thing, and um, so one of their initiatives is Dafyaimi Bahalacha, and that is to learn one Amid a day of Mishnabura, and over the course of six years, you complete the entire Mishnabura. Now. It's, it sounds a lot harder than it really is. It sounds like, oh, Mishnabura is hard. I don't know if I have time. You know, learning an Amun of Mishnabura is, it's not as difficult as it seems. You know, they have, first of all, I'm sure that there are uh, shirim you can find online. You know, if you want to listen to a shir of Dafim Valach, I'm sure there are many given. But if you want to make a laning on your own, it's not really that hard to do. Um, at least not in the uh, the early simanim of, uh, of Shulchan Aruch. I'm sure as it gets into Hilchas Shabbos, Hilchas Erevin, etc., it will get harder. But um, anyway, it started this past Sunday, 
And I think the schedule is you learn an Ahmed every single day, and Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, Shabbos, Yuchazer, the week's uh, Mishnah Burr, and then you go on Sunday morning and start the next, the next thing. So I started this Sunday. So far, I'm still on board, Baruch Hashem. I'll let you know in a, in a week or so if I'm still on board. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's just something that, you know, it's good. Kalashayin alochis b'chol yayim. If you learn halachas every day, it's a guarantee you get into Elam Haba. It's a nice thing to learn, uh, you know, halachas every single day. And it's a, it's a doable system, and, uh, and it's a systematic way of going through Mishnah Burr, which is an absolutely integral part of, of our uh, body of knowledge that we have to do. So, you know, the very, f- and by the way, I'm, I'm telling you this, Early on, so don't think oh, I missed the ball. Wait for you know, wake me up in 20, uh, 2028 and we'll start then. It's only a week. You're only a week late, so you could really hop. It's only like you know, and don't even you know if you don't want to you know, just start like today or whatever. Like start Sunday, and just do uh, you know, start with Simon uh, Simon Gimel, and 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 go through it. Don't let the fact that you missed a week you know throw you off. Just start now. It's fine. I say the same thing with Dafyami, by the way. Don't like, um, you know, I missed already, I'll start, wait for next bracha, it's ridiculous. Start whenever, you could start in the middle of, uh, you know, in the middle of Chagiga is good also. You'll, every day you're learning a dap, what could be bad? But the Yitzhara tells you, no, I want to start at the beginning. You know, it's, it's, but you should jump on the train already if you, if this sounds appealing. But I just wanted to be, I mean, on the very first halacha in Shulchan Aruch, you know, you, the, the first halacha, in Shulchan Aruch, you think is really like the most critical because, you know, he's telling you what the asidus of, of everything is. The very first halacha in Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim, it's Dinei Hashkamas Habaiker, waking up in the morning, and the, the Mechaber starts out, Yiskaber Kari, Lamaid Babaiker, Lavaidas Bayre. A person should be strong like a lion to get up in the morning. To do Hakadosh Baruch Hu's Aveda, to do Hakadosh Baruch Hu's service. If we're Avdei Hashem and you're an Aved of Hashem, it behooves you to start out like those Payalim of the Mishkan. We're also building a Mishkan. Every single day we build a Mishkan. The Mishkan is necessary in our daily life to be built like those people that were serving in the Mishkan, that were building the initial Mishkan, and that is to give an Aveda of Babaiker Babaiker. The Nidava that we're giving is every morning. We wake up, and it takes strength like a lion. We know that it does. But that is critical to, to Aveda Sabar. You're going through the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch is, what is my Aveda in life? You know what your first Aveda in life is? You wake up like a mensch. You wake up early in the morning, and you go and you do your Aveda Hashem. That you should wake up the morning. Don't let the morning wake you up, which means that, oh, I wake up, I see there's sun in my eyes, that's a, that's a sign that I should probably get out of bed. Now you have to wake up before the sun rises, when it's still early, and you get up and you take a shower or whatever, and you, you, die, and you get up and you, you, you start getting your day ready, and you go to shul, you go to yeshiva, you daven. That is what is involved in being an Eved Hashem. And the Ramah says, But the Mishnah says, This is why you were born. What is your job in life? Your job is to get up and do the Avedis Hashem and give honor to your Creator. How am I going to wake up? It's a freezing cold day. Today it's really cold out, right? You're under your sheets, you're toasty, it's nice and warm in the dorm. And, you know, and I, I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't want to get up. It's freezing out there. Why would I want to get up? And I look around and some of my roommates are still in bed. All right, they're my rehetter for me. I could also stay in bed. It's cold out. The Mishnaburu is well aware of what, what the reality is on the ground. Oh yeah, Sieno Bakayets, or in the summertime, Laimar, Echtam Mitaskava, Dainla Sadmij, summer, your lazy days of summer, just want to chill a little bit, you don't have Yeshiva, you know, it's nice and air conditioned in my room. I don't want to go out in the hot Schwitzy sun and have to go to Shul. Nah, let me stay in bed longer. I want to wake up nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Yiskaber Allah, you have to be miskaber on your Yatsa. When the Yatsar is whispering those things in your ear, you have to fight against him. 
and you have to say, I'm not listening to you. And think to yourself, Let's add up a job. And I'd be working in, uh, you know, for a really hush of a CEO. I got like the greatest job in the world. I'm working for, uh, you know, I'm the vice uh, chairman of a, of a big company, a big tech company, or I'm, or I'm working in the White House, or I'm working in the governor's mansion, or I'm working in uh, the mayor's office. I have like a really spitz job. Would I then think for a second to wake up late? No, I'd be getting up early, get dressed, like shave, look like a man, go on, you know, get your car and go into, into, the, into the office every day properly early. You have the greatest job. You got the greatest internship in the world. You're working for the Rabbi Shalom. This is the very first Mishnah Burah in Shulchan Aruch. And this is what we're talking about. We don't look at ourselves. We look at things, I think, much more voluntary than that. We think, all right, God, you know, be happy that I'm even in yeshiva. Be happy that I'm even davening. So if I daven later, I go to a shul, I'm davening, leave me alone. Like, what do you want from me? Like, uh, you know, I, I, I operate on my own time, on my own clock. I don't need the pressure. I don't do well with pressure. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be the best avadim that we could be. And it's hard. It's hard being Abdei Hashem. There's so many things that we're restricted from doing, and there's so many things that we're expected to do, and some things cost a lot of money to do, and some things take a lot of time to do, and some things take a lot of effort to do, and it is difficult. But the major thrust of being an Eved Hashem is, or the simon, if you're really an Eved Hashem, is how you get up in the morning. What separates the men from the boys in Abde Hashem is, how do you wake up in the morning? Do you wake up with a geschmack? You say, my da'ani, and you watch Negevasa, you go, and you're, you're on full throttle to, to get to yeshiva, to start learning. To, or is it something that it's a chore, and it's an effort, and I don't really want to, and it's like uh, getting my foot out of the bed, and then putting it back in and out and in, and you know, by the time I roll into base Medish, I'm already like exhausted, and it's not... That shows that there's something that we're missing in terms of our excitement to be an Ebed Hashem. And, and we should be excited because we do have a great privilege of being Ebed Hashem, whether we think about it or not, whether we realize it or not, but we should be realizing it. Because we're very, it's a small minority in the world that get this chus that we have. You know, we were, we're Baruch Hashem surrounded in yeshiva by by like-minded individuals that are also B'nai Taira, and maybe when we go home we have, but in the world at large, I mean, even the Jewish people on the whole comprise like a, literally a tipa shebayam of the human population. If there is uh, seven, eight billion people in the universe, Jewish people, you know, I don't know how many, seven to ten million maybe altogether, and then how many from people, how how many B'nai Taira are there? Maybe couple of hundred thousand B'nai Taira in the world. So you're talking about literally a microscopic amount of people that are Avdei Hashem with Taira, with mitzvahs, with halacha. And we're part of that select inner circle, that group that are, that, that, that's kimat, not found. You know, if you look through the Ated every week and the Amodiyah and, you know, and Ami, you think that there must be, you know, most of the world must be from people. Because, you know, we're exposed, Baruch Hashem, to like just pictures of people in Chicago and Cleveland and, you know, people doing this, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, Mishkan projects and, then, you know, kids and then, you know, adults and concerts. And so Baruch Hashem, we, we think like, oh, the whole world must be Jewish. But, you know, from a global perspective, there's so few people that are Abdi Hashem. We have this coveted role to play in, in, in the world of people that are literally holding up the Tyra and holding up the universe with the Tyra. So how do we show HaKadosh that we're so happy that he entrusted us with this position? The same way that you would show a boss who gave you a job, even though maybe you didn't feel deservant of it, the, the best way to show him that you appreciate it is by rolling in early for your job and showing that you're into it. If you come, imagine you, you, know, you get this great job, this like really plum job in this, in this firm that you were dying to get into 
And, you know, and, and from day one, you're like rolling in. Instead of coming in at 8 o'clock in the morning, you're coming in 9, 9.30, 10. You pass by your boss's office and you give like this, you know, this wave. And you keep on. The boss like, okay, he didn't want the job. I thought he did want the job. Because the way that when you come in, you know, you show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you're really into what he's, what he's doing. You're into Avedis Hashem. You want what he wants. And you're excited about it. The great Mashkiach, Rebellion Lapian, when he was very old, he was Nifter in his, I think, late 90s. And he basically told his assistant, he had like a bacher that would sleep in his room with him and help him when he was in his 90s, uh, assist him with whatever he needed to help him get dressed, help him, you know, walk him down the stairs, whatever it was. He said that I want to, now that I turned a certain age, let's say 90 years old, I want, to, I want you to start waking me up an hour earlier than I usually get up. I used to get up at 7, now I want to start waking up at 6 for just, I don't know exactly the time, but let's say that as an example. So, so his heisbacher, this bacher says to him, you know, Rebbe, like, you're getting older, that, that's... That's more of a reason to wake up later. Like, give your body a break. Like, you know, don't. What are you? What are you putting pressure on yourself for? So, he said the following. He said that, you know, when you take a test, so you want to get like the first answer or two right on the test, because if you get the first answer wrong and the teacher who's marking it like gives you a big X on the first question. Very often the teacher in their minds will think, oh, this guy didn't study, he doesn't know, and everything, he'll, he's going to look at the rest of the test, he's going to mark and grade the test with like that, a jaundiced eye that this guy didn't know what he's talking about, and like whenever there's a tzad of Suffolk, he's going to mark it wrong. Let's say you get the first answer right, or the first two, three answers right, then there's always that hope, the teacher's, okay, this guy's good, like he studied, he knows it, and then he's not even going to like mark it, he's like tired, he just like checks it off, it gives you a hundred. That's the hope. So Rebelli Lapian says, you know, I'm going to die soon. I don't have that many years to live. You know, you're a young bacha, you don't understand this, but I, I feel like I'm very close to my end. And I know that after I die, I'm going to get a bechina and shamayim, they're going to test me. And what's the test that they're going to give me? What's the test? Where's the test? Where's the te- I, you know, I want to see an advanced copy of the test. Where's the test? The test is Shulchan Aruch. The test is they're going to go through every simon and shulchan aruch, every sif, every sif cotton in Mishnah Burah, and they're going to see, how did I do? So he says, I'm not sure that when we get deep into shulchan aruch, I'm going to get all, all the questions right. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, by the time I get, uh, you know, Hilchas, uh, you know, brachas, did I always make the right bracha? Did I always uh, bench the right way? Did I always uh, make the right, uh, you know, alamichya, whatever? Um, you know, every halacha do I know that I daven properly? I'm not sure. Shabbos, Erevin, Yantif, you know, these are these are very difficult halachas. You know, it's not, it's funny, like as I'm learning the, you know, through this uh, this cycle so far, I'm so proud of myself after four days, like you know, I know, like before I take my my lip, my victory lap, I should probably you know, be at least a month or two into it, but one thing that like, I, that stands out to me as I'm learning through these, uh, these simanim, is how much we don't do. You know, how many things, how many halachas are there that we're not so good at? You know, we're not doing the right way. Whatever it may be, you know, if, if it means like, you know, whether you have Nagel Vasar by the side of your bed, or you don't have Nagel Vasar by the side of your bed, some people do, some people don't. You know, if you, uh, do you say Tikkun Chatzais? Do you not say Tikkun Chatzais? These are halachas in Shulchan Aruch. These aren't like really such extra credit stuff, but there's a lot of things as you go through, you know, the simana, the carbonus, you know, do you really say all the carbonus in the morning, say the erotzins, do you not, hopefully all, you're, you're probably all rolling your eyes and saying, of course we do, what's up with this guy, but like, you know, you know, it's just interesting to me how many things, unfortunately, we neglect to do. But, so, Rebellion Lapian had this, like, this hergish that like, I don't know how well I'm going to do on my on my, on my final exam. He says, but at least I want that the first halacha, the first question I should get right. The first question is going to be, Yiskaber, Kari, Lamed, Did you wake up early in the morning to do Avedis Shehu, Ma'era, Shachar, that you should wake up the morning. Did I do that? Now, 
if I get that one wrong, I'm afraid that it's just going to be downhill from there. So I want to make sure, at least chach, to get the right, the first question right. I want to get a check for the right, for that first question. So this, as I reach my really old age, I want to start getting this right. I want to wake up early in the morning and be miskaber kari. So that at least that will be the right thing, and hopefully the rest will go a little smoother. But it's a very hard thing, and you know, you know, those of us that Baruch Hashem are here for the shmuz, um, I know you could do this because you do do this. Obviously, if you're here on a Friday morning in the winter, you know, you're you're obviously people that are great Avdei Hashem. And the irony and the the paradox and the the tragedy maybe of a of of a shmuz is that you're always preaching to the choir. You're always giving the shmuz to exactly the people that don't need the shmuz because. You know, they're up. I should be piping the schmooze into the, into the dorms right now. That would be perfect, right? But, you know, hopefully you'll maybe tell your roommates or whatever what I spoke about. Um, but this is, really, this is really what it's all about. To, if you wake up the right way, and there are studies about this also, if you wake up in the morning and you're, you wake up in a lazy posture and you're like kicking, you know, and back and forth, you're rolling over again and again, you don't want to wake up, your whole day is going to be sluggish. You're not going to be, you know, really pumping on all cylinders like your whole day. But if you wake up with a geschmack and you wake up, and you can't do it every morning, that's, that's, that's clear. Sometimes you're just physically not up to it and you're, you know, and that's a different kind. But like on a day that you wake up and you had enough sleep at night and you're doing really well, if you wake up like geschmack, then, you know, then you will, uh, you know, you'll have a great day. Your whole day will be good. Your first seder and your lunch and your, your, your second seder, your night seder, your college, whatever it is that you're doing, there will be that extra adrenaline throughout the day because you started the day off right. And especially if you start the day off, that's for Gayim. If you, they, but if you're a Yid and you're starting your day off with Avedis Hashem and you're Yiskaber Kari, HaKadosh Baruch will give your whole day that extra Siat Dishmaya. He sees you're on his team. You're an Eved Hashem. You want to give him the best, the Babaker Babaker, the racious, the Bikurim of your day, the best part of the day. That's what you're giving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's going to bless your whole day with Siat Deshmai. You're going to have a great day. They say a story, I don't know if it's true, but I don't like saying things that I don't think is true. I could say it generically, or I could say it the way that I heard it. Um, it's probably, I'd probably feel better after Shmuz if I said it generically, but I'll say it the way I heard it. There was two G'dayle Eilam. Uh, the K'tzais and the Nesivas. Now, the K'tzais and the Nesivas, I don't have to tell you, are, you know, G'dayle Achreinim, uh, their works completely uh, changed the way that Lamdas, the way we think, the way, uh, you know, you can't learn, you know, in the Zikin, you can't give a Lamdas a share without a thorough discussion of what the Ketzai says on the Sogya, and very often the Nesivas takes issue with the Ketzai and, and that creates a, a reboy of Tyrod, right? If you have an, a machlegas between a, anyone, especially you know, but, but especially Ketzai and Nesivas, many shiurim were built on this machlegas, what's the lumdus, what, how do you explain the nekudas machlegas between them, what are they arguing about and the rias back and forth, that's this is the foundations of our Tyrod, the Ketzai and Nesivas, so but the Ketzais is basically um, the standard, and Nesivas is also, but it's, it's not as, if you can compare Gedalim, which we can't, but if you would, you know, the Ketzais is, let's say, more of a classic than the Nesivas. So the story goes, and again, I, I don't know if this is true, I, I, I actually doubt that it's true, but this is the way it's said, that the, the Ketzais and the Nesivas once met one another at a certain place and and they were in a discussion and, and the Nesiva sort of asked the Ketzais you know, how did you create such a masterpiece and you know, mine is pretty good also, but it's not a, that schlob that yours is, and h- how did you do it? So again, the way the story goes is that the Ketzais asks the Nesivas he says, you know those early morning hours that your mind is fresh, you know, you wake up in the morning, your mind is like fresh, it's in the zone, there's no, you're not spacing out, you're not tired, you're not, you're as fresh as your brain could ever be. He says, what do you do during those early morning hours? So the Nesiva said, 
That's when I write my chidushim. I wake up early, before davening, everything is quiet, everyone's sleeping, and my mind is fresh. I wake up, let's say, three in the morning, and I get out of bed, and I'm, I'm sitting, and that's when I start writing my chidushim. So the Ketzai says to him, he says, he says, that's where you went wrong. He says, what do you mean? He says, those hours in the morning that you're writing a chidushim is when I edit my chidushim. I write my chidushim whenever I write my chidushim. But my editing, when I take out from my chidushim the parts of my chidushim that I, I delete, that's when, that's, I use those early morning hours for that. Because that's really you know, the mark of a, of a great safer, a classical safer, is not so much what you write. It's not, it's not hard to write. You can write many chidushim. If you're a Talmud Chacham, you could write this many chidushim. But it's, it's the editing process. It's this, you know, the, the, the bayer, to be bayer, the psalas from the eicha, the eicha from the psalas. You know, what's really, really geschmack, keep that in and take the rest out. That's really what's going to boil it down to a great safer. And that's how the story goes. But the takeaway that I take away from the story is that those early morning hours are the best hours of the day. It's the best in terms of learning. It's the best in terms of davening. It's the best in terms of musr. The best in terms of halacha. That's the spitz of the day. Now, a lot of people just sleep through those days. They, never, they don't even know that that part of the day exists because they're sleeping. They're wasting time. Now, obviously, we all need sleep, and, and it's a whole nother schmooze about how much sleep you should get. You should get a good night's sleep. This is not encouraging people to go to sleep at 3 and waking up at 3.30. We're not the stifler. We're not the Vilna Gain. And the stifler himself writes in his svarim that a yeshiva bacher needs a good seven, eight hours of sleep. And that's true. We do. We do need that much sleep. So get to bed at, at an early hour. It's better to go to sleep at, let's say, 11, 12 o'clock at night and wake up at 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning and, and be on fire. Instead of going to sleep like we all do at like, you know, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, then we wake up. Then it's a Pella. How it, I don't know why I can't wake up in the morning. Because you go to sleep at 3 o'clock, you're playing video games until 3 o'clock in the morning. What do you expect? So if a person wants to utilize those early hours for Abedis Hashem, he's going to find that his life is a classic. If you're able to use the best time, I don't know if we're ever going to write a Ksaisa or a Nesivas, but we write our own stories. We write our own ability to be great in life every single day. And, and the way that we really perfect ourselves and the way that we find the best in us is in the morning. Giving up our mornings for Hashem is the greatest act of service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and it's also the greatest ability that we have to really steig and to find, you know, some, I, 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 I'm friendly with a very, very big Talmud Chacham, and he told me that years ago somebody told him that there's a secret in life that nobody knows, and that is that when you wake up early in the morning, you find like a whole new part of the day that's, that nobody else knows about. If you wake up at like five in the morning, kaviyachal, you know, and you uh, and you and you're learning, and there's everyone sleeping. You know, you tiptoe out of the room. You couldn't, shouldn't like you know wake up other people. That's all. You know, that's Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's vow. Like you have to be careful in your zeal to to be an Eved Hashem. You shouldn't be like slamming the door and like waking up all your roommates to do that. That's all another discussion. But let's say you're able to like float through the room and like get out to the base medrash at, at early in the morning. And you sit with a, you find all of a sudden you discovered from 5 to 6, from 6 to 7, 7 to 7.45. That's two, two and three quarter hour that nobody knows about because everybody else is waking up at 7.40 and starting their day. Then you, you, you mamish have tapped in to a life that nobody knows about. And that's time that people really steig. That's when G'day Le'elam steig. Rebel Yashiv used to get up you know, every morning, I think at 2 o'clock in the morning. And start learning. And it wasn't easy for me. He'd say, oh, Shkayach, Rebbe Yashiv. Rebbe Yashiv was an older man. He said it was very hard for him. You know, he's living in, he wasn't living in a, in a beautiful, you know, hotel room with, uh, with heat and air conditioning, whatever. He's living in, in Meisharim in a decrepit apartment that hasn't been touched since 1948. You know, it was freezing in the winter. It was, you know, it was boiling in the summer. 
He said he literally kicked the blanket off of his bed at 2 o'clock in the morning so he wouldn't have the nisayin of, of just rolling up again. And he wanted to stay in bed. He's a human being. He wanted to stay in bed like we want to stay in bed. I think his wife used to wake up and make him a coffee every morning at 2 o'clock for, for him to sit and learn. But he learned from 2 to, till, till davening. And that's how he became Rebbe Yashiv. Now, again, that's not for us. We have to sleep. But to wake up, let's say, 6 o'clock, it was 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, and to learn then, to come to adopt, to learn Mishnabura Yaimi, to, 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 to Chazer Shir, to, to, to make a laning on the Marimachimis, of t- whatever it is, there's an untapped time of day that nobody knows about. It's a secret. And by doing the morning, by you give up to the Rabbanishlam the greatest part of day. You, it's Kishmak to sleep. Nobody's denying it. Anyone that says that it, it's not it's not Kishmak to sleep is a liar. It is Kishmak to sleep. Everybody loves sleeping, especially in the morning, especially when you're tired, especially when it's dark outside, especially when it's freezing outside. You want to sleep. Of course you want to sleep. But you give that up to the Rabbi Nishlam. You say, I know I want to, but I'm getting up. I'm going to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu how I intend to have a great day for him. I'm going to give him my day, give him my morning. The Nedava Babaiker Babaiker. You can't get a, big, a bigger bracha, a bigger kiss from the Rabbi Nishlam every day to start your day than that. Think HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to allow your day to, to, to be horrible after that? If you showed him that you're giving your mornings your best hours, if you, if you sleep late in bed, then, then you're just a regular person. But if you're giving him your nidava, babaykar, babaykar, how could HaKadosh Baruch Hu fail but to give you a promotion and to give you what you want, to get you into the, you know, the graduate schools of your choices, to, to ace your test that day, to be able to steigen shir that day, to chap shir that day, to, to get through all the marimakaymas, to, to whatever it is. You, you, know, you have the Bayer Elamim giving you anything that you want because you showed that you're a good Ebed Hashem, that you're, you're doing your Avedas Adam. you're doing your purpose in life, you're doing your part. Now let HaKadosh Baruch Hu do his part. He'll give you all the brachas that you want, but it starts with you making brachas in the morning, the brachas HaShachar, the brachas HaTayro, with a Geshmach, with a fresh set of eyes, with a fresh mind, giving him those, the most precious, delicious moments of the day in the morning, and instead of squandering them and keeping them for yourself, which is natural, it's human, but you give that up to the Rabbi Nishalom, HaKadosh Baruch will give us, Amit HaShem, all the bracha Shabbat you will bench us, Bekefel Keflayim, and Mitzah Shem. Have a beautiful Shabbos.